podcast today. I'm actually very excited. This is the first podcast I have ever hosted. I have been on a few before, but I have never run my own or done show notes or anything. So this is fun. Uh, I'm Jimmy. Jason. And with me, we have hey. uh, we are. Uh, hi, Jimmy. We are we're good friends for gosh, like oh, yeah. what been years a, now. And we're, it's been a we've while. Been it's been a while. Podcast buddies forever. Yeah, we actually were such podcast fans uh, before everything shut down when I was still living in Austin. I'm in San Francisco now. Well, when Doug Loves Movies would come to uh, Austin and the comedy club, we would uh, see yeah, almost I still have not episode. been picked. I would like to change that in the future. I've gotten close, but never happened, unfortunately. Yeah, so we, we wanted to do a podcast, and we we talked about it oh, actually yeah. for yeah. gosh for like forever, haven't we? Just yeah, we just we've had so many different ideas that we've wanted to work with, and I think we finally settled on one because we both have kind of a shared love of Full Metal Alchemist, and it also seems like there aren't. I couldn't find many podcasts dedicated. No, surprisingly, to it. I don't know if no, you I saw any. Find any. For Full Metal Alchemist, so I'm very excited we're doing this. Yeah, and I want to emphasize that we're actually we're not doing the 2003 anime. Maybe that's another podcast for another day. We're actually focusing on Brotherhood. Uh, both are good in their own rights. Uh, you know, I have there's a lot of different opinions about which one's better. I personally prefer Brotherhood. Not to say that I don't like the this original anime. How about you, Jimmy? But- I don't think I finished all of Brotherhood. I think I'm a few episodes short of completing it. So, this yes. Well, that's that's what the podcast is for. Fresh eyes to this. Yep. Yeah, and every about once a year or so, I'll just go through and I I do a bunch of different binges of some of my favorite shows, and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is one of them. And yeah, so this podcast, there's about, what, 64 episodes, 63 episodes to the original anime's run. And so, and they're all about like 22, 23, maybe 24 minutes a piece. So we'll analyze two episodes per podcast episode. So two Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episodes per podcast episode. Uh, We'll do a summary. We'll do an analysis. We'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what was great, what was terrible, uh, though there's not going to be a lot that's terrible. And yeah, it's uh, it'll be very fun. Um, Brotherhood is. Well, do you know why there's actually Jimmy? Can you do you know why there's two different um, animes? Why there's a 2003 and then Brotherhood comes out like what, six, seven years later? I do believe that one is more faithful to the original manga than the other and i'm assuming it's good it's brotherhood because is that's 100 right like uh when they were originally creating the anime the the manga was still being written and it was in the middle of the story uh so we're actually kind of still early in the story if i'm not mistaken but so since the story wasn't really completed, 
um, obviously our our great writer or artist creator, if you will, of the manga, uh, who went by. So her pen name was Hiromu Arakawa, but her actual name was Hiromi Arakawa. So she used a male pen name. Um, my guess is it just helped. I, I tried to get some more information on it. My guess was that it just helped her gain more credibility to have a male name. Uh, so, uh, which, you know, it is, I guess, sad state of the world, but you know, that was the way it was back then. Hopefully it's a little better now. I would be lying if I said I was a master of all of the, uh, all of the in and outs of the think, manga I do industry. think that is interesting. I, I know uh, there are a lot of female manga creators out there and it is kind of interesting. She decided to pin this a different name. I wonder if it, it was kind of the subject she was writing about, like uh, about two brothers instead of a female lead character. I don't know. It is in, that that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So she was still in the process of making the manga when all of this happened or when, uh, when the, they were starting to make the anime, she had in her mind where she wanted the story to go, where the ending was going to be. And she didn't want them to, she gave them permission to make the anime, but her direction was that it had to have a completely, uh, a completely different ending, which kind of resulted in an entirely different story. So the store, both stories start out pretty similarly. However, there's just a major divert. It's, it's almost like they're two different. I mean, they are two different universes. The main antagonist is different between both, uh, both anime. Uh, in fact, neither the antagonist of brotherhood doesn't exist in the original anime and vice versa. So they are effectively two completely different stories, just with similar characters. Uh, but brotherhood was made towards the end of the publication of the manga. So it follows the manga much more closely than the original anime did. Uh, the original anime was good in its own right, but did have kind of, it had similar folklore, but We'll, we'll get into it differently about how some of the villains are, uh, some of the minor villains are different. Some of the expo- the uh, explanations of the science and the, and how the universe works and whatnot is a little different between the two. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's really good to see the differences and kind of get the different ideas. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit before we jump into the first episode. Let's talk a little bit about why we like the anime. Why don't you uh, go first? What what does Full Metal Alchemist mean for you? Like, why do you? I gravitated why are you a fan? to this when it for, when it first ran uh, the two thousand three edition of Full Metal Alchemist. And beforehand, I was a big uh, Trigun fan, and I loved that anime so much. I remember going to the video rental store here in Texas, it was Hastings entertainment and renting Trigun. And then as soon as I saw, um, Ed Edward from full metal alchemist, it just reminded me that I, it's that red coat. And I was like, Oh, that jacket started watching it. And I just got hooked on the story about two brothers essentially trying to, uh, fix something in their past and then that going wrong and them trying to like um, erase this mistake they've done and, and learning from that this whole season. So I, I really enjoyed that. I feel like 
we're all we can all relate to trying to like change something from our past mistake so that's that's kind of the main and you know whole lot of action and armor suits doesn't hurt either yeah that was one of the things that i liked i actually was into trigun a little bit too probably not at the same level but i think my my sister was a huge anime fan and i kind of got into a lot of it just in kind of the periphery like you know she'd be watching it and i'd say oh let me let me watch this along and we'll see what goes on and i we were watching this one. It really just stuck with me. One of the things, and we'll talk about it a lot. And one of you'll you'll hear me mention it a lot. One of my favorite things about the show is that the brothers are resourceful. Like one thing you see in a lot of the shonen anime that exists out there are that are the you'll have like a situation where. They're up against the wall. They're about to be killed. They're overpowered by a villain. Then just like from the power of friendship or because they believe in themselves, somehow they find some extra energy and beat the villain where, you know, that's, it's nice. And I kind of get where they're, I kind of get where they're going with that. Like, you know, trying to teach people about being, being, you know, resilient and believing in themselves and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, where did you get that extra energy from? (laughs) So I, I like how you don't see a lot of that Full Metal Alchemist. Whenever the brothers are, or any of the characters are up against the wall, they have to be resourceful and think of a way to to get out of it. And they don't always get out of it. Uh, free, they don't always get out of it, you know, scratch free. Um, there's times where they're hospitalized for a few episodes and all of that. So it just, it seems even in this world where they're using alchemy, which is essentially magic, it still seems more, more grounded in reality. If you, yeah, in, and if also, you will. There aren't too many filler episodes in full metal alchemist. I, if any, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but I, this is a, like, an anime you can just watch straight through and you're always getting story. So I, I pretty much enjoy, I enjoyed that instead of waiting like 10 episodes for a character to charge up. So, yeah. And it's also an anime that's not, as we'll see when we get into further episodes, it's an anime that's not afraid to tackle very dark, mature subjects. You know, a lot of people, when they think anime, and on a lot of it's because some of the more popular ones are like Pokemon or whatever that seem very geared, uh, geared towards children and younger audiences. And of course, the anime deals with young teenagers. You think, okay, it's kid stuff, but they really deal with a lot of very adult, real world uh, content such as genocide, the problems of war, um, loss, death, all of that. So, oh yeah, so like, no, this, this you, is they are not stuff. afraid to go go there to that next level and just everything feels so uh human and alive with them and like uh, people get beat down they're not afraid for a character to get their butt kicked in this in this show exactly and just shows you you know not everything is clean cut. Some people die. Some people get maimed really bad. Some people deal with sacrifice. And nobody's safe. There's not like an age limit. You'll see that there are adults who die, children who die. We don't want to give away too much so early, but it's it's just it's a very mature anime 
but it also has like this message, a little bit of hope. You have these two brothers. They're all each other have in the world. Really. Uh, they're the only family each other has uh, and how they work together for the greater good. They, you know, they, they go, they start out believing in trying to, they're, they're trying to operate in their own best interest, but then they start caring about others and start helping out others. And it, it's, I think it's one of the most in-depth anime out there. I mean, I, you know me, like when we, we've gone to a few of these uh, like different comic book conventions, like we went to Comic-Con once and Dallas Fan Expo and stuff, and I'm not the type to buy a lot of stuff, but almost every time we've gone, if there was a Full Metal Alchemist poster or toy oh, or something, oh, yes. I picked it and, up. And I am still looking for a really good Alfonso print. If anyone comes across one, you know, just hit me up. Yep, and we'll have our twi- Twitter and our uh, Reddit username in the show notes if you ever want to reach us as well as our email if you still do email these days so yeah please uh let us know if you like the podcast if you're listening if you have ideas suggestions we'd love to hear from you and why don't we get started on episode one which is appropriately titled full metal alchemist and it was well you tell me what you thought of it first i love this episode because it just hits the ground running and I enjoy something that it, it doesn't, we don't need to start with backstory. We don't need to start with an origin of these characters right away. It's they're already doing their thing. They're already in the city and they're ready to go. And we hit the ground running with our antagonist of this episode, which I, I really enjoyed because he, he was that, that evil. And it was interest. It was interesting to watch him. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And actually, did you know that the uh, this episode, in fact, the antagonist of the episode too, purely made up for the Brotherhood anime. Uh, I know how we said that this is based off of the manga, but uh, the the enemy, the freezing alchemist, he does not exist in any of the source material. This episode was purely made up for the anime. Uh, just as a way to kind of set the stage and introduce you to everybody and kind of throw See, some I was going to say there. something about that. Yeah, like, not that... Because, you know... that, yeah. that Just that... Um, yeah. It does seem like... It is different, because I watched the 2003 one, and we started in a different spot on this one. And we're in the city in this first episode, Brotherhood. So it is interesting that you say that this is kind of a to-get-to-know-you episode. It didn't feel that way watching it to me. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's kind of nice because it sets you up in the middle of things because a lot of other shows, like when they start, it's kind of like at the beginning of everything. Like, you know, the person, it's their first day in the military or it's their first day of the job or, you know, it's the whole hero's journey thing when they when they go on a walk and they bump into the old man who gives them the quest to save the world. But this is like everybody's already kind of established. Yeah. Yes, you don't. It, it acts like we're in episode five or six. Like, no characters introducing themselves. They're just walking into rooms and everyone knows who they are. And I love that. It's wasting no time. Yep. So let's do a quick recap before we start diving into like what we liked, things that were great, things that weren't great, all that. So to recap, so this, this is meant to kind of introduce you to everybody, but 
in a very indirect way. As we mentioned, everything's already kind of happening. In Central uh, in Central City, which is the capital of Amestris, the city where full, uh, the country rather where Full Metal Alchemist takes place, in Central City they realize that there is a rogue former soldier from the Ishvalan Civil War who was a soldier of Amestris, who is now in the city and is threatening to kill other soldiers. So the leader of the country, the the Fuhrer, and they don't say he's the Fuhrer yet. They actually say it later, later, but you kind of know that he's the Fuhrer by his demeanor and he's given orders. He's, you know, he's kind of high up in the, in the ranks. Yeah. He, he mentions that they've brought, that they are sending Mustang, who is one of the main characters that we will see are one of the primary characters, not the protagonist that Mustang, who's a Colonel, he's, his team has been sent to locate and stop this guy's rampage, the Freezing Alchemist, whose ability is, they call him the Freezing Alchemist because ice is his primary weapon. He can transmute water to become ice, but we see many times where he goes the other way, where he transmutes water to where it boils. But then they introduce our hero, Edward Elric, as the Full Metal Alchemist, and he is going to be assisting Roy Mustang and finding our freezing alchemist. There are a lot of other characters who wind up getting introduced like uh, Armstrong. And we also get Mays Hughes. Other people are shown the Fjord. Ultimately there's a major you know, climax where the alchemist has created this giant, these giant ice shelves and his plan is to encase the central command, which is like their version of the white house or, or the castle or whatever the, the, the seat of power for their government encase it in ice. Uh, and he keeps going off about how he wants to punish the country for its sins in the Ishval ish civil war. Ultimately he is sub subdued by the Fuhrer and the day is saved uh, Alphonse or El Edward, our protagonist, does fight with him and slows him down a little bit, and he gets you know attacked in the arm and whatnot, and winds up getting hospitalized. But ultimately, the day is saved, and people move forward. And that kind of it's a small, minor story that's not meant to do much other than kind of set the stage of the world we exist in, the world we're going to be seeing. But it was. A really, really good episode. Uh, we got to see Edward square off. Uh, unfortunately, he did not actually win. He kind of brought it to a stalemate. Uh, and then the Freezing Alchemist ran away. And then that's when the Fuhrer was able to catch up to him and finish him off. But ultimately, it, it really kind of establishes this world that they're living in uh, where the soldiers, uh, the military, kind of the state of the country the and everything that's going on they they drop a load of different concepts that you know to some now granted i've watched this series so many times but to somebody who's just tuning in for the very first time like some of those concepts like philosopher's stone and forbidden taboo of of alchemy and whatnot and equivalent exchange Probably doesn't mean much, but those are all things that are going to mean a lot in future episodes. 
So give me a quick recap of what I, you thought about well, the episode. Of course, didn't? you know that I very, I much enjoyed this episode. I uh, love, and I think we're going to talk about this, but I love the running gag of everyone meeting Edward, who is the Full Metal Alchemist, but always thinking that it's his brother Alphonse, just because of the size difference. And I think it happened what like two or three times this episode, yeah. and. It just didn't get old for me. I laughed every time that happened and uh, I, I can't wait for it to happen even more, but I do. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I'm glad we got one of my favorite characters of the series got introduced in this episode. Uh, Hughes. And I just, that is going to be, he's my favorite character in the series. Just putting it out there. Hughes. I, I love but I also had this um, question after watching it, and uh, maybe you can help me with this about uh, the trans, the transmutation circles. So, was that a circle on the the freezing alchemist's hand? Like, I, I noticed there was like marking on his hand. Is that his circle so that he can do it quicker, or is that just something else? Yeah. So what we will learn in Full Metal Alchemist is that. Uh, the alchemy or the magic that we see in Full Metal Alchemist is called alchemy. And, you know, their old saying about magic is it's just science that we don't understand yet. And that's kind of what Full Metal Alchemist is leading into. So they, they, they never call alchemy magic. They always say it's science because it has a defined set of rules. And you'll learn that later, the, the equivalent exchange, you in order to gain something, you have to give away something of equal value and composition. So I can't turn, uh, I can't turn a flower into a brick of gold. I can only turn the flower into something of a similar size and composition. So you might see them turn wood into a desk. And the way they do this is with these little circles called transmutation circles. So they draw the circle. The circle is supposed to represent like instructions on how to understand, decompose, and recompose the matter. Most alchemists will draw it out with like they'll always have chalk on hand. They'll draw it out before they do alchemy. But some of the more experienced alchemists will have it etched in something so that they always have it have it there. So you saw like on his gauntlet when he starts to make ice and whatnot, you see it glow, and that's. Like that, that's ultimately what he was doing. And, you know, you'll see Mustang when he does his alchemy, he has a special transmutation circle uh, sewn into his glove that allows him to do it. And then you see Armstrong, he has uh, those, those gauntlets that he uses to punch rock and whatnot, have a transmutation circle. So yeah, he was using the, he had the transmutation circle actually drawn onto his, uh, gauntlet so that he doesn't have to keep drawing it and he can just do alchemy on the fly i, I yeah Which oh no i was also I was an interesting talk about thing oh go ahead about the alchemist but yes something about the transmutation circles yeah i was well i was going to point out that one of the big things is like this is a rule of alchemy you have to have a transmutation circle however one of the things that makes edward stick out is the fact that he is able to use alchemy without a transmutation circle. He's one of the few, and like when I say few, I think we only ever see 
a handful in the entire series of people who can. And in a, in a future episode, we'll explain how that happens because the show will explain it. Uh, but he and his brother did something that was a little bit taboo, and that was kind of the punishment or the outcome of it, uh, amongst other things. But yeah, so he, he's kind of the exception there, and that's what makes him kind of seen as a prodigy with alchemy and the fact that he's able to use alchemy without a transmutation circle. So, so what I was thinking about, like, uh, or a villain of this episode, the freezing alchemist, he is the freezing alchemist, and then Armstrong is the strong-armed alchemist, and we have Edward as the full metal alchemist. And we see so many of the state alchemists. I assume everyone in a uniform is an alchemist of some sort. And it, as a question always in my mind is like, does everyone have a name? Oh, uh, yes. All of alchemists. Oh, yeah. All of the all of the state alchemists, when you get uh, so the state alchemists are essentially the government has a special program for alchemists who are incredibly talented at alchemy and they essentially work for the military they actually bring up the title in the or the kind of a bad title or the 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 slur if you will that most of the day-to-day citizens use for the alchemists called the dogs of the military because they are essentially uh, state alchemists are essentially living weapons for the military because of their alchemy. They are able to do significantly more damage than somebody with a gun or a tank or something. Uh, but yeah, if you do if you do pass your state alchemy exam and get designated a state alchemist, you do get a title. So yeah, you see Edward Elric is the full metal alchemist uh, because of his metal arm. Uh, and then you, you have the Mustang, who's the flaming or the flame alchemist because his Specialty is using alchemy to create fire. Uh, freezing alchemist specialty is to create water. There's the sewing life alchemist, and there's other ones. But yeah, they all have a title, and it usually reflects what their alchemy specialty is. Like, you know, it's just like with with other magic you see in other shows and stuff, where you have somebody who, like, they you never see somebody who uses water magic and fire magic and whatnot a lot of times you see someone who specializes in one type of magic and gets really really good in it if you do see somebody who's a lot of different magic they're usually like eh, kind of mediocre so yeah that's they're usually given name based off of the alchemy they specialize in i do enjoy that i wonder if there's like if they have two freezing alchemists and they're like well we got to figure out your ice you're freezing it, it, I, I just think about uh, it's weird. I think about those things. There's so many of them. That's pro- that's why it runs through my brain. Yeah, it's like uh, like SAG rules. How you can't have two people in the Screen yeah. Actors Guild with the exact same name. So you have to like throw in a middle initial or something, or make up a name for yourself. It's like, oh man, my name is George Clooney too. I guess I have to be George F. Clooney or something. In fact, I think that's the whole Michael Jordan and Michael B. Jordan thing. But yeah, that's the same. And then we also get introduced to... Uh, he was such an interesting character, the uh, the Freezing Alchemist. It kind of upset me that they did away with him so quickly. Like he only... Granted, he's just made up for the anime. He's pretty much just there to be the foil to kind of 
introduce us all to the show in episode one. But, you know, just the fact that he's killed off before the episode ends and we're never going to see him again kind of upsets me because there, I, there was just a lot in there. Like, he didn't seem like just your average villain who was just there to raise hell because he could. Like, he, he kind of goes off a lot about how the military was... Uh, very anti was very um very violent and very uh very just uh, war crimes if you will in the latest war that they were involved in and it seems like he was something of a freedom fighter they never really directly say it but it's it's strongly implied because he keeps he keeps saying that he, or at least he keeps putting it out there that in his mind he is doing the right thing by destroying the the the, the seats of government. I do think I you watch it and you think something's up. But why is he someone who was a soldier and he's changed and just how the episode ends with Fuhrer Brad Fuhrer Bradley that's his, that's his name right yep yeah and how it just it seems suspicious or there's some kind of cloud of doubt over if Bradley is a hundred percent a good character so I, yeah and the I way he finished him more. off in that episode was actually pretty cool I thought just because you see you see the freezing alchemist run into Bradley in a dark alley. And he's like, oh, yes, now is my chance that I can finally finish you off. And then he, what is he, he like turns his blood into a blade, doesn't he? Or something, to, I can't remember, yeah. Yes, yeah, the the freezing alchemist, uh, at one point he gets injured and he's he's like bleeding. And he uses his blood from his body, which is water, to create a blade to attack. And I think that was intense. I would have never... Uh, thought about that it reminded me of that avatar episode yeah yeah no absolutely i loved uh, that that was pretty awesome that he just turned his blood into like he you know he he was dedicated to actually take on the fuhrer so much that he used his own blood as a weapon to attack because he had nothing else on him to do it and you know the fuhrer Apparently he's moving at like next to light speed or at least faster than the eye can register because you don't even actually see him move. You just kind of see that slashing animation and he just dices up the, the, the freezing alchemist. You know, that kind of establishes like, Oh, this is guy's going to probably be a problem down the line or, or something like this guy is no joke. He, how, how is anybody supposed to beat him if he is able to act with such speed? And Bradley's there. I, I don't know. For me, I just think Bradley's there in the right spot at the right time. He kind of just shows up there just at the right moment. I, yeah. I have doubts. Yeah. About he's, and also that we just, uh, I mean, there were a few little things there that, all, that give away that he might not be the most up and up guy. First of all, like the fact that they call him the Fuhrer, like obviously, I, you know, Fear is not a new term. It's always existed or it's existed for a while, but it's like in our modern society, whenever we think Fuhrer, we think of something negative. Uh, but also just the fact that he 
he killed the guy, but then like he was so nonchalantly when he ran into the Elric brothers later, nonchalantly like, oh, you know, I just thought I'd help out and just my luck, I ran into him. So I, I handled him for you guys. And then later they uh, mention that Mustang, uh, the, the Fuhrer was telling everybody that it was Mustang who actually killed it. And, you know, people are praising him and whatnot. So you're just like, well, why, you know, like that would be decent PR for the Fuhrer that if he single-handedly took on the took on this guy who was creating this ice wall to try to encase the 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 central command you know it's like oh man our 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 leader is a badass that he can that he can take on a guy on his own but no he wants everybody to think that it was mustang so you're thinking well you know is he doing it because he's trying to help mustang is he doing it because he's trying to he, he, you know, it, it's like, what is his motivation there? I do like how, going back to the Freezing Alchemist, how he knows people, because he was a soldier, and how he knows people inside already. Because he goes to meet someone in jail. And I do think that that's an interesting uh, point of the story, that this character mm-hmm. does know people. Yeah, he does, like, talk to them knowingly. And even when... uh. Edward uh, goes to talk to Mustang about the mission. Mustang mentions, you know, yeah, he was a, he was a state alchemist in the, in the um, Ishvalan civil war, but you know, he, he never seemed weird. Like he never showed any signs of being unhinged or dangerous or anything like that. So we don't know where this is coming from his desire to destroy central command right now, but you know, we, it's our duty to take him on. And, you know, he, I, I also like how it kind of, and you'll see this theme a lot. It kind of establishes Ed's rule about life because um, when Ed first encounters him, the freezing alchemist had just killed somebody. And Edward says, you know, uh, he, he rebukes him saying that murder isn't right. But, and then later uh, Mustang who is a, a colonel and kind of, uh, they have kind of a love-hate relationship going with each other, the Edward Elric and Mustang. Uh, you know, Mustang mentions, oh, this mission, we have orders to uh, you know, bring him in dead or alive. And Edward says, well, I'm absolutely not going to kill him. So like this is, it's kind of establishing in this episode kind of where Edward's morals are here. And it's interesting because he's a soldier, a dog of the military, as they call it, you know, a living weapon. And yet he is so against taking a life. I do wonder if we're going to get to a point because it, it really feels like he was pushed to a, a limit, Edward, that I feel like it, it would have been just to kill uh, the freezing alchemists, but he doesn't. You see him trap him a couple of times, and then, but you don't. I you don't see him actively being like we must take down the threat. So I wonder if we're going to get to a point where he's going to change, or is he going to stay to this this one rule yep. he has? And then at the very end, after we see the freezing alchemist die, we see a little red gem like kind of roll off almost like marble and break uh yeah do you want do you know what that is 
Well, I assuming from the very end, kind of a, I guess it is the cutscene of this episode where we hear two people talk about the Philosopher's Stone, and one is talking on the phone, and she says that he might have overdone it. And I'm assuming is that, if not, is that a piece of the Philosopher's yep, Stone? Yep. Uh, yeah, that is. A, yes, that is a piece, and even Ed was like surprised at how powerful his alchemy was and was like oh that you're using a philosopher's stone so you know that's another thing that i like about this first episode is because they throw philosopher's stone in there which is going to be through this entire series is going to be a major plot point so it's kind of also introducing you to this concept of the philosopher's stone amongst other things so it's it's like it's throwing all of this this episode throwing like the entire lore at you in one episode so that it's it's setting the stage you'll be ready when you start hearing this stuff later see uh oh one of my favorite things and i so one of the things that i love about full metal alchemist and i've already talked about the story and stuff but one thing that does not get a lot of credit uh is the music the theme songs and the the ending songs are probably some of my favorite of any anime i've ever seen i do love i in general i love all animes opening and ending songs i do have a playlist of those songs but and i know a lot of them are just regular uh j-pop songs aren't they yeah and that they use them for the anime but just with the visuals that they put along with it. And you can, it's like they're giving you the story of the season already or this, the whatever arc we're in, but in like snippets, like of it with the song, it just all works for me. It makes me excited for the episode. I rarely, if ever, do skip the songs. Same, like whenever I'm on Netflix, which we will have the show the Netflix link in the show notes. So you guys do not have an excuse not to watch uh, whatever I, you know, they get the little button that says skip intro. And I'm like, Nope, I am. I am rocking out to this. Uh, so for this season, the first 13 episodes you get again by Yui, which is just like such an energetic song. And you see all the fighting and stuff in the, in the cinematics of the opening. It's just, oh gosh, you just, I, I'm just getting pumped thinking about it right now. It gives you, it shows you character. I think it shows you characters that I'm very excited to meet, and it, it kind of gives you that mystery of what's going to come next. When when are we going to meet this person, and how do they fit into this story? It it yeah, it does it it does pump you up. Yep, the ending is good too. Uh, I think it's called Yuso, uh, by I am not sure how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to bother. But oh wait, no, it's performed by Sid. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that was a pretty interesting ending. I like how they have the the the, the kind of it's almost like um like a ten year old drew it, drawing out all the characters from Full Metal Alchemist. I love that. I think I like that art kind of ending thing more a little more than I enjoyed the ending song over the beat over our intro song. But that art, it's a fun little kind of a tack on the end to to kind of like wind you down like the intro song pumps you up and then you get the episode and then the the outro the ending song is kind of like a relaxing cool down from this whole experience of an episode for me 
That's how I like to sum that up. Oh, absolutely. It does. It is definitely a good way to end. And at some point we're going to have to like, once we get through all, there's like five, I guess, seasons. So that's five different opening songs and five different ending songs. Like towards the end, we're going to have to have like a debate about which one's the best opener and which one's the best closer. I already have my thoughts, but we know we want our, we want our listeners to kind of catch up before we start talking about that. Oh man. I, I do not even remember like the last three songs. So I'm excited to hear, and I'm still open. I haven't picked my favorites yet, so I'm open to. to awesome. This. So I think this wraps up our first episode, our first time doing a podcast, and I think as we start to get a uh, get more familiar with our process and whatnot, we'll be talking a lot more and talking about more about uh, the episodes. We will be back next week. We will talk about episodes two and three, which works perfectly because the stories kind of merge into each other so from there we will be able you know talk about it hope you watch it and uh, hit us up check out the show notes we'll have uh, information where you can reach out to us and we will talk to you soon 